see, are we live yet? We're live. No, no. Oh, now we are. Yeah. Well, Am I running via satellite? I'm a couple. I'm a couple seconds behind you. Yeah, it sounds like it too. We got five people already here. Guess what? Time for the intro. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Let's cover to covered is a podcast that features two idiots talking about music at length, and occasionally a dog does make an appearance. There will also be special guests from time to time that will show up, and they will be smarter than the hosts. And the hosts will give their opinions. By the way, they are exactly that. Opinions. They are not truths, they are not fallacies, and they do not reflect the views or opinions of their employers or those they employ. So with that, just enjoy the damn show. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Goldfish was featured three times in the intro. My favorite was that you left the photo in that you sent me where you circled him. Yeah. Yeah, just like there he is, right there. Well, because I still don't understand why, you know, you put uh put him so close to Bob Williams as Fred in in uh you know in the store. Yeah, he kind of just pushed his way to that spot. As you might imagine, I it wasn't. I, I didn't have any uh, choice in the matter, and neither did Bob Williams. Well, I'm I'm sure that Butch Walker, which is his real name, uh, <laughs> as as Fred, uh, <laughs> I'm sure that he went. He was smiling, but behind the smile was going. Uh, oh, oh, my eyes are tearing! Oh my god, what is this? It's the missing link. <laughs> That's that's what was happening the whole time. Yeah, and there he is, right there, Gall McCartney on cue. Uh, uh, so, uh, yeah. Very sorry to Butch Walker. We're all apologies uh, for having to stand that close to somebody with the nickname Goldfish. Yeah. So, anyway, welcome to another <laughs> another exciting episode. You know what? I think there's some sort of. I started the intro, and there were five people, and now it's and now there's. Now there's three. Oh. Like, all right, no, we just want to make sure the show got started, so we opened it up in multiple formats. No, I promise one of the people we lost is Gall McCartney because he probably opened up another window to do something else. There we go. Because here's my best impression of Gall McCartney. Ready? <laughs> no one more attached to their phone than that guy. Oh, my God. Is he six? Pretty much. And claims he doesn't need glasses. Even though he holds his phone this close to his face. Well, guess what? He's gonna. Yeah, right. <laughs> if he didn't need him before, he needs him he, now. He, he's gonna. Maybe not now, but in the in the near future. <laughs> oh yes, those those those, those uh, chickens are coming home to roost. Yes. Anyway, uh, so welcome to another fun-filled, action-packed, exciting episode of Cover to Cover. My name is Mike Venezia. The guy on the other side over there, it's Nick Morocco. Nick, what store do you own? Rock City Music Company. And where are you located? Five Mile in Farmington Road in Livonia, Michigan. And where can we find you? 
rockcitymusicco.com and all social media platforms yay so seamless uh, seamless see that actually it's probably the best one we've done of those in weeks yes right <laughs> hey we're, th we're i saw that you had this marked as episode 35 have we done 35 together or this is 35 total this is 35 total but we've done 27 together i think i think i had seven or eight in the can prior to you so uh, but that's but, really when the show started it's always you this i'm like the steve perry showing up to journey there was journey yeah. before but i'm really what took them to another level yeah, that's I, me with cover to covered i was greg roley and neil Schoen, and now i gave up greg roley and you became steve perry <laughs> And I can't wait for the next singer to come in and take your place. <laughs> you can't so. wait for Steve or Jerry to show up. Yes. <laughs> who will be here for about 35 seconds. And then we'll get somebody who looks like you to come in and sound like you to, to, to come on. In fact, I'm going to have goldfish. Uh, goldfish, <laughs> goldfish will be the next host of cover to covered taking the place of, uh, of, 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 of Nick Morocco. Anyway, why are we here today? Well, we're going to be talking about Record Store Day today, which is April 2nd, 2022. April, tw wait, April 22nd, 2023. Right. Sorry. That's what day it is this year. Currently, today is March 1st. So happy March. Uh, and in the month of March, we have lots of things happening, like drinking green beer and the Ides of March and like all these other and, things. Like and me seeing Springsteen three times don't want to talk about that don't that's not what this show is about the show's not about you and your <laughs> springsteen obsession i really you know i understand that you feel that order of protection is just another way of saying i love you but he doesn't want you around he i've hey, i've got two pictures to prove that he does want me around yeah well but anyway. <sighs> is this his last tour I think it will be. He hasn't said it is, but I'm 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 pretty sure this is the last full go around around the world. I think there might be some yes. sporadic things to follow, but well, somebody did announce their last tour today. For sure. Not the, not just the last tour, but the last shows of the last tour. Yes, exactly. They well, yeah, cuz they've announced the last tour for the past 6 years, and that would be Kiss. Ladies and gentlemen, Gene Simmons hello this is gene summons of kiss i'd like it to be known that these shows are by far our last ever so they will cost the most so we make the most money off these shows now these shows go on sale on march 10th and instantly they will sell out at fifteen thousand dollars per ticket Pretty much. With, with $6,000 Ticketmaster fees, of which I, of course, have negotiated 90% of the proceeds, go to KISS. Make sure you go to kissonline.com. Sign up your, for the KISS Army. Sign Fan up for club. The KISS Army. Pre-sale. You, you could buy the tickets just as expensively four whole days earlier if you're part of the KISS Army and... You will give us more money. You know what's you know what's fantastic about this? People that don't aren't aren't up on all of this. All everything you just said means you went and looked for tickets because you had all the dates and get, knowing when the kiss pre-sale was early and oh, all no, of no, that. No, 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 no. I I I read one article. Regardless, <laughs> all I had to do was read you, one article. 
You, you were looking. I'm going. You, I know you're going. I'm probably not. No, you're going. I mean, I could go. I could go to the Madison Square Garden shows, which are, and I did look, because, I mean, obviously, I, I travel from work. I'm from New York originally. The last two shows will be at Madison Square Garden on December 1st and 2nd. Yep. But they're playing, it's funny, they start the tour off here, um, and they're playing, like, the second show is in Palm Springs. So I may, like, just go to that one, depending on what day of the week it is. Um, but I think there's, I want to say like they're starting like in Northern California or something yep. like that. And it's a lot of time spent in Canada. Yeah. Because you know that the exchange rate, it's much cheaper for us to tour there. So we make more money on the exchange rate. How about Howard asking Gene and Paul at least five times if this was truly, if these were truly the last shows. Those of you that don't know, Kiss was on the Howard Stern show today on Sirius XM. I didn't get to hear the whole thing. I've heard parts of it. I will say, though, that Howard Stern did. So, you know, I may make you swear. On a Bible. <laughs> on a Bible that these are the last shows. Gene's like, yes, these are the last shows. And considering, like, he's like the money guy, if he's saying they're the last shows, they're probably the last shows. Um, I will say, though, and I don't know what your feeling was, but I felt like I was in like some sort of psychiatrist session for most of that interview. It was heavy duty. It and, got really heavy. But you know what I wow. got to say? I was glad that that happened as a, you know, as a longtime Kiss fan. Of course, it's like I've heard. In fact, I was telling Gall McCartney the other day. It's like how long into the interview before Paul or Gene says, we wanted to be the band we never got to see. That's always the quote that they use. And Gene always has to say, any day above ground is a good day. He always has to say that. Yeah. And, and, and like they were a minute in and Paul said, you know, we always wanted to be the band we never got to see. And I was like, <laughs> I knew it. Here we go. Here we go. We're on the fucking Kiss interview roller coaster yeah. again. But yep. then he he went, I mean, he did his Howard Stern thing and he went in deep and, and he got those guys to play ball, which I'm surprised about because there's i would say in terms of being professionals in interviews there's nobody that has more staged answers than those guys and i felt like i learned a lot of stuff and and heard them talk about a lot of stuff that they i've never heard them even bring up in minorly as like outside of their autobiographies and stuff but like they went in deep about their childhoods and of course yeah, gene's that- mom being a constant Tration camp survivor and, yeah, I, and seeing her parents taken away like you know but then that turned into this whole like wow all right this is a little too deep right can, can you can you play rock and roll all night <laughs> and they did <laughs> and twice. they did twice <laughs> uh so which i still haven't heard i heard they played it twice but i have not seen it nor heard it let me now, tell you why they played it twice because howard was like i don't understand why they had to play it twice here's why they had to play it twice And if you're a longtime Kiss fan, you'll find this hilarious. Because when they played rock and roll all night the first time, and Tommy Thayer was in the middle of the solo, people that know that song, which I'm pretty sure is everybody on the fucking face of the planet, that solo goes around twice. There's two four-bar measures of solo. And they got through one four-bar four-bars of solos, and Gene came back in for... You keep on shouting, you keep on shouting. He, Gene, of all people, train wrecked rock and roll all night after, you know, 50 fucking years of playing it every day of his life. (laughs) (laughs) So Paul determined when they got done that he goes, we're not going to name names, 
but somebody had a big snafu, so we're going to play it again. You know, Paul, the way I look at this is that that is only value added for the fans of SiriusXM that happen to have listened and they heard it twice. It's twice as much uh, intensity. It's twice as much inspiration to come see KISS on their farewell tour. $72,000 a ticket, $5 million in service fees, and make sure you get the VIP package, $1 billion. We will blow our nose in a handkerchief and give it to you. It won't be signed. It'll just be the KISS snot rag. And it's, it says snot rag, but the S is the kiss S? Yes. <laughs> well, we wouldn't have it any other way. What about how hot? Did you hear when Howard asked him, now, would I get in trouble if I made kiss bed sheets? Like if yes, I, just I heard that. Me? And, G, and G just goes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. No, wait, wait. No, he said, well, yes, but we could negotiate. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, then, and then Howard goes, Howard goes, is there actual Kiss bed sheets? Yes, there is. If you uh, go to Kiss yes, there are. in Las Vegas, you'll see thousands of items with the Kiss logo on them. Thousands. <laughs> Come on. So good. So good. Just freaking ridiculous. But here's the thing. Do you really think they're the last shows? Yeah, I do. I think they're the last... They're the last shows of Kiss in this iteration. I think I think they're the last Kiss shows in terms of touring and Kiss of the spectacle that it is with the pyro and the huge stage sets. I do still see them doing, you know, the Kiss cruise and uh, you know a Vegas stint. I see that coming for sure. I, I, don't. I don't. I don't. I think it's. I, don't see I think that. It will. I see something stupider. <laughs> well, I, I, for sure, that's coming. I know what you're going to say, and that's coming. What? That they're going to they'll be kissed without Paul and Gene. Well, no, they'll be kissed without Paul and Gene because anybody could dress up and do it, and probably do it better. Uh, let's be honest. You know, um, you know, the, you listen to Kiss over the past four or five years of them touring. You look up the shows on YouTube, and you're like, mm. you, 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 you brought everything down an octave and you still can't hit the vocal right like and it's kind of rough so whatever it is what it is will i go this tour i'll find a show to go to this tour am i going to pay through the nose for it no yeah no i'm not oh yeah <laughs> here's what we need to do for mike we need to have a GoFundMe so that he can come see gene simmons who is myself and the rest of kiss because our tickets at $87,000 per ticket, $6 billion in Ticketmaster fees, and of course, the VIP treatment where we give you a used condom, it's somebody else's used condom. It's not somebody from KISS because we don't want to give you our DNA because if you recreate us in a lab and then start KISS 2, well, we can't sue you at that point because we'll be dead. And we would just be essentially suing ourselves, which would cost us a lot of money. So there we you need go. to go for a GoFundMe for Mike to see Kiss one final time. Last question to you, and then I, <laughs> and then we can move on from Kiss because I'm sure people are tired of us talking about Kiss. But yeah, I'm tired of us talking about Kiss. Here's the thing, though, and I and I I think so. Do you think 
Ace and Peter are going to play at the last show. Absolutely not. I think they will. Absolutely not. I don't. I don't think. Absolutely not. I. I do not think that they will. I think they'll be there. I don't think they'll play. I don't think Paul and Gene will let them play. I don't think they will let them play in makeup or without Eric oh, and Tommy. Certainly without Eric and Tommy, I see all six of them being on stage together is what I see happening because that they still because Paul and Gene still went out with that. They still go out with with Eric and Tommy replacing think, Ace and Peter. Well, Peter, if anything, Peter will play like some congas they bring on stage or something like that. He's not going to be behind a drum kit, and Ace will be lowered. <laughs> he's playing around here right now. He's he's yeah. touring California right now. Yep, and he sounds terrible. And just straight up, like I'm watching his guitar playing. Somebody sent uh, somebody posted on. On YouTube of him at the whiskey like two days ago, like I'm not a good guitar player. I could have played better. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely phoning it in. That's for he's sure. Definitely, like he's just like not. He's just going like this and like moving his fingers. He's not even like there's no there's there's it's like this is faster than what he's doing over here and nothing makes sense. So uh, like all right, well, he's just phoning it in. I truly think he's just phoning it in. Um, yes, yes, Gall McCartney. They should bring out Anton Fig because he played on more albums, I think, than Peter Chris in the end. <laughs> but um, anyway, no, that's the tattoo you need to get. Anton Fig, Anton Fig in Peter Chris makeup. That would be get that, but but, but Anton Fig in the makeup. I think that should happen. I'm sure Bob could do it. I'm sure he probably could. Oh, I don't know. I mean, sure you want that? I mean, you sure? Are you, are you sure you want that? Oh, I don't know, bro. Yeah, hey. I mean, all right. <laughs> I mean, I'll you guys want to get a beer? Okay. Hey, you got Jack Daniels? All right. So, <laughs> enough about Kiss and all this stuff. What are you listening to? What am I listening to? Okay, two things only. Well, three things because I've got some next to me I want to talk about. But okay. uh, first thing, uh, revisiting uh, the fantastic album. Elvis Costello and Burt Bacharach did a fantastic record collaboration together called Painted from Memory. Uh, came out, I think, in late late 90s, like 99 maybe. Fantastic record. And uh, MoFi did an amazing pressing of that on LP on Super Vinyl that I got a couple years ago. And of Super course, Super Vinyl. Burt Bacharach just passing away. Um, reminded Burt me to pull Bacharach that one up. He's currently dead. He He's is currently dead. He, he had a long life, though. What was he, 95, something like that? 94, 95, yeah. Fantastic so this, songs. So I don't know if I mentioned this to you or if you read it on my Facebook page, but we actually had a conversation about Burt Backrack in the sales department where I work. And somebody said, you know, he would have made a great chiropractor with, with a name like Burt Backrack. Uh, and somebody else agreed and said he should have his office in a family eatery. And I said, well, his office should have been at the rear of the family eatery. And they both looked at me and said, well, why? And I said, well, that way Burt Backrack can crack your back at the back of Cracker Barrel. Jesus Christ. I'm glad I don't work in an office. 
With me, at least. Yeah, with you, at least. Yeah, so, so that's your that's your dad joke. <laughs> there you go. Fantastic record, though, painted from memory. Uh, check it out. Amazing songwriting and, and great vocal performance from Elvis Costello. I know a lot of people don't. He, he's not at the top of the list when people point out, uh, you know, great singers or, or uh, uh, emotional singers. And uh, he does an amazing job singing those songs that they collaborated on. And I just think it's a great record. The next thing I've been listening to is pretty much solely Paul McCartney because um, I don't know if you got this book, but the Paul McCartney, the lyrics book that came out at the end of 2021. So I, I, I've heard it's phenomenal. I, it just, I just haven't gotten it yet. So basically, for those that don't know, uh, Paul's been approached a million times, as you can imagine, to write an autobiography, and he's always turned it down because he just he just doesn't have time, he claims. Um, but he chose to do it, basically tell the story or stories of his life around handpicked songs from his entire career. So this includes Beatles, Wings, Solo, um, even Come and Get It that he wrote for Badfingers in there. Um, and well, he wrote it for the Beatles. Yeah, that's true. But he gave it <laughs> he gave to Badfinger bad and said, uh, and said, if you want a number one hit, record it just like this. And that's exactly yep. what they did. Note for note, everything, phrasing, all of that. Without um, Pete Ham singing it. Yes. Um, so what I found in this book is there's, of course, all the classic Paul McCartney tracks are in there back in the USSR and, you know, Yesterday, of course, and songs like that. But there's also songs that I'm not familiar with at all. So what I've been doing is I'll read the chapter on each song and the, the chapters, quote unquote, are only like four or five pages. Um, but he goes into what was going on in his life when he wrote that song. So one track I, I checked out that I had never heard was called Arrow Through Me by wings it was on back to the egg this tune is fucking phenomenal like it's it's super like spacey and like kind of like bowie-esque i don't know it's like it's got synthesizers in it and shit it's it's really kind of ahead of its time for when it came out i think it was 78 or 79 really cool tune and then there was also a song called average person which was on pipes of peace average person yeah and it's crazy experimental shit going on in these songs that nobody ever talks about. So I'm looking forward to um, reading the rest of the book and getting some more gems out of McCartney's uh, illustrious career. Illustrious but, career. But I also need to talk about this, which I sent Mike a photo of yesterday. This is, we're always yes. talking about the UHQRs on here. This is probably the most sought after one. Lean now forward. Pull it back towards you in front of the mic and lean it forward. There you go. How about go. that? A little more forward. There you go. And, UH and move it to your right. <laughs> UHQR of Bob Marley's classic Exodus. Uh, probably the album that is what made Bob Marley a superstar. This has jamming on it and Three Little Birds. All the all the Bob Marley songs you know and love, except for uh, probably I Shot the Sheriff. Um but I've showed off the UHQR packages before. It's got an amazing jacket, numbered, um, you know, uh, clear vinyl, clarity vinyl. What um, number did you get? I got number 1,118. Out of 3,500? Out of 3,500, and that's what I was just going to say. You, you know I talked about the Steely Dan, yeah. and uh, those are about 
and the Hendrix and Hendrix are you experienced those are like 20,000 copies those were limited to where this one was only limited to 3,500 I guess they made this deal to do this before COVID uh it's been in the works for a while so 3,500 copies is all they did and this got released randomly on Bob Marley's birthday and totally sent acoustic sounds website into into a tailspin I'm sure um, it wasn't that random to be done on Bob Marley's birthday. But nobody knew it was coming is the point I'm making. Like, mm. it was kind of rumored that this one might be coming because they did Rasta Man Vibration about four or five months ago, and there was talk of that Exodus was coming, but Chad Chasm never said yes. Um, so this came out. I was able to snag a copy. Now, the next thing I'm about to say, I don't say lightly. This is bar none the best sounding lp i have ever heard in my entire life this is unbelievable the sound quality on this the bass the subtlety in the in the background instruments the vocals uh, uh, you know the how they how they're uh, coming through the speakers it's just this thing is phenomenal you know i don't believe you you cannot believe me it's fucking incredible <laughs> I'm sure it is, and I'm sure it helps that you like reggae. Some of it. I'm not a fan. I'm talking just from a sound quality perspective. Okay. That's that's all I'm saying. I'm not I saying this is the best album I've ever heard because that's the of best the album content. You've ever heard. Just say it. It's better than any Bruce Springsteen or Tom Petty album you've ever heard in your life. No, I don't say that. It's the best music ever. It's pretty great, but but it's still no. I no, mean, it's it, a... it looks like a great package, and I'm sure it sounds great. But here's the thing, that could very much that style of music could lend itself to to that separation of instruments where you can really kind of experience that that in the control room feel. You know, much like Steely Dan. You know, there's a lot going on in there, but the way that everything is recorded and EQ'd, you get all that separation. It's not like you can't get that from like a Metallica album, right? It's you not know, you, it's you not designed can't. for that. Yeah. So the the style of music, that's why you don't see like or, or why you see very few MoFi releases of like metal bands like the Megadeth, you know, they had it. Rush had one. Yep. One album done MoFi. And then MoFi vinyl. also did Stay Hungry by Twisted Sister for some reason. Which is weird, right? <laughs> and it's not even like that album is like like well no, recorded. No, it sounds like it's, shit. So <laughs> That's just somebody knew somebody. Yeah. D Snyder was like, I know you people. <laughs> Listen. No, I think you're absolutely right. This music does lend itself to that space. But yeah. I mean, I have Can't Buy a Thrill, Steely Dan, and Countdown to Ecstasy, and they sound amazing too. This sounds better than that. Sound quality wise only. I'm not stacking album for no, album. No, no, or no, music no. That's fine. Music. So, what year was Exodus originally recorded? 77. 77 late okay, 76 those, early 77 those two albums that you talked about were 72 73 right 73 74 yeah 73 74 sorry so um it's not even like there's that big of a difference in recording technology over that period of time to where that could have lent itself to it it's just the style of music just really helps and, create that separation that that space and it's certainly not budget you know steely dan yeah. definitely would have had a bigger budget than bob marley so Bob Marley just paid everybody in weed pretty much. <laughs> but if you, if you end up coming across a copy of this, 
grab it. I mean, original retail on this was 125 bucks. And when I looked, I, I, a friend of mine that I always go back and forth with on the UHQR stuff and just the, um, all analog stuff, uh, Greg, if you're watching, uh, he was like, yeah, I missed out. I wonder what they're going for. And I went and looked on eBay and the cheapest one I saw that sold was $475. Wow. Yeah. So, wow. All right. Well, I will not be getting one of those anytime soon. Um, <laughs> well, if you come to Detroit, I'll play it for you on my sound system. Oh, great. Can I take that, that sound home with me? And just... No, but you'll hear that I'm not bullshitting you. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. Uh, so Pat, all right, you can still get the Steely Dance if you're looking for yeah, one. The Steely Dance are still are still out. Both yeah. of them are still available. Yep. I'm surprised Pat, I can't buy a Thrill is is still available. Yeah, uh, the, when Chad did a video last month, uh, or, well, it was late February. Um, he said I think that there was five thousand left out of twenty thousand. So that's that's. I mean, they are going fast for the price point. So I wouldn't, as he always says, buy now or cry later. Yeah, exactly. It's going to go up in value. They always do. They don't redo them. Yep. So. Um, okay. So moving on from there, what am I listening to, Nick? Because you never asked. Um, I, I, and, you know, because you waxed poetic and I, I think you need a tissue uh, after talking about Exodus on UHQR uh, vinyl. Um, what am I? I don't even know. I don't I'm even know. I, like honestly, I've been listening to mixes recently. So because I I was just in Las Vegas this past weekend, I guess I could say I listened to a lot of yacht rock because I saw Yachtly Crew twice, um, and they were amazing shows. I got to be honest with you, better the the second the the show on Saturday I saw was actually probably the best I've ever seen them. Wow! It was it was incredibly energetic on their part and the audience. And then there were a whole bunch of former Raiderettes there, too. Did, did that matter to you? Yeah. All right. They're all about my age and still smoking hot. So there you go. Chat them up. Good to chat them up. <laughs> Good for you. Not Here's... a fan of the Raiders, but their cheerleaders. I'm a big fan. When I started talking about the Bob Marley, I meant to tell you this because I know you're going to be very excited about this. Oh, will I? Uh, I I believe you will be. No, okay. Okay, so the last the video I was just talking about that Chad did talking about UHQR, somebody noticed in the very background of the warehouse there was an album they were working on for UHQR. First Rush album. No. Yes. They saw the artwork on the table. Somebody zoomed in and you could see the pink Rush logo. Oh. Or pinkish. Yeah. Oh, I need that. Yeah, I also so, need a copy of the Moon Records version, which you sent to me that somebody bought for like ten bucks. That doesn't happen, ladies and gentlemen. It just doesn't happen. It, I can't complain too much. I find a lot of original pressings really cheap. I do. I get lucky, um, but that, no, no. <laughs> No, that that I wouldn't well, even know either. what to do. I wouldn't even know what to do. When I got Kiss the Originals for $25, that I was just like, yeah. You know, but that's worth like a hundred dollars. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, okay. Um, anyway. <laughs> How about Mark Garney's comment? I could swear I saw you in the audience of battle bots. I you know what? We almost went. <laughs> I could totally see you at battle bots. 
you know, my best friend Rich came out, and and his he's an engineering teacher. He teaches engineering and photography. How those two are related, I have no idea. But he's like, oh, battle bots <laughs> happening nightly. He's like, ah. I'm like, Rich, we got shit to do, man. <laughs> we can't go to battle. We've got plans, man. No time for battle. Do you bots. think they even sell beer at battle bots? <laughs> no, they sell oil. They sell yeah. oil. And actually, you know what? They probably sell chocolate milk and bottled water, cookies, <laughs> foot pajamas, yeah, yeah. funyuns, funyuns. They sell a host of funyuns, but they're branded. They're, they're BattleBot branded funyuns that some robot actually created in in uh, in, in the kitchen. So Roger's here. I see him. Hey, buddy. Say hello to everyone. What's up, Roger? <laughs> oh, see, now he's out. <laughs> Gal uh, McCarty says, yeah, I get, get the, the fun. <laughs> All right. So Steph needs a copy of Practice What You Preach by Testament, which is super random. But okay. Uh, do you got one of those in your store? I do not. Uh, that, I don't, it, that got a reissue not too long ago, but I think it went out pretty, pretty quickly. It wasn't a wide, pre- it wasn't a, a big pressing. No, I think it was a music on vinyl. Yeah, it was an MOV pressing. Um, what was that? You know what? That brought up something else. Anyway, well, cool. Um, I don't care about what's being released this week because we got other releases to talk about, unless there's something important coming out this week that matters. Let me just run it down real quick. El- okay. uh, spe- wow, this is ironic. Um, Elvis Costello and Burt Bacharach, the <laughs> songs of Bacharach <laughs> and Costello. So it says uh, this was put to, put together by Elvis Costello, uh, includes the newly remastered album Painted from Memory and six songs from Taken from Life, of which three are newly recorded compositions. Uh, mastered by Bob Ludwig. <laughs> what are the odds? What are the odds? Oh, uh, I do have a story about that, about things like that. Keep going. Okay. Uh, also being released for the uh, hip-hop fans, one of the most important hip hop records of all time, D La Soul, Three Feet High and Rising. Our it, rest in peace. Uh, one of the guys just died in De La Soul. That's like, the, what is that, the theme here? Because Burt Bacharach just died yeah, too. It's just like, if you're putting out a re don't put out a re release. Whatever you do, because somebody's going to die if you aim to put out a re release. Yep. Don't do that. Jesus. Yep. So uh, that's coming out. I mean, what more do I need to say? It's, it's, uh, it's like the. Uh, it's like the white album of uh, hip hop records, you know. It's Kinda, it's legend. Yeah. It's legendary. So um, from the town, one town over from me, where I grew up. There you go, Amityville, uh, New York. And uh, Overkill, Under the Influence, being reissued. Uh, of course, a classic record from them in '88. Uh, Great stuff. Through originally released on Megaforce Records. Megaforce. There you go. And, that was uh, the last. That was the last album with Bobby Gustafson, I believe. I think, I think so. After that, they went with the Twin Guitar Attack. Uh, after that, it says this was Overkill's first album to feature drummer Sid Falk, who had replaced Rat Skates when the latter left the band in 1987 during the Taking Over tour. Dennis Smith says, "I hope Springsteen is not releasing anything." You know what? I hope he releases. I hope he releases Security on Nick at all the shows. <laughs> That's what I hope he releases. That would be great. Well, good news for you, Dennis. Uh, you can get any of the shows that he's currently playing. They're released the next day on nugs.net. So you can pick up uh, 
any of the any of the shows, including the one Dennis is going to attend here in Detroit in a couple of weeks. Oh, he's going. Oh, he's he's going to go. You, you taking him? Oh yeah, he's going to be there. He's going to be camping out for the best spot. Well, I'm sure he, camping out for the best spot is general admission. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, there, uh, there's there's a GA pit. Is there really? Right. Yeah, right up front. So people can mosh to Bruce Springsteen. Do you know just because there's a pit doesn't necessarily mean there's a mosh pit. Baby, I would pit in the middle of Born to Run. That would be fun. Yeah, I bet you would. Roger just came over, came over and hit me. Like, meh. Last thing, pit. last thing, Carmel Jones, the remarkable Carmel Jones coming out this month for the Blue Note Tone Poet series. The f- most fantastic jazz reissues maybe ever next to the uh, music, the uh, Music Matters series that they did a long time ago. Very affordable, all analog remastered, made by... Uh, uh, or, uh, mastered by Kevin Gray, Pat Middlestad. If he's still watching, he's a big he collector is. of these. Um, he comes in all the time and uh, picks those up. So, uh, yeah, that's what's coming out this week. Great, awesome. Well, you know what's coming out next month? Record Stuff store on day. Record Store Day. <laughs> <laughs> so there you had. Oh, by the way, a uh, little housekeeping. Are we on next week or no? Are you a Bruce? No. Wait. No. No, I'm not. The 8th? The 8th, I'm available. The 8th, you're available. All right, so the 8th, we're on. The The 15th, I'm in New York. Okay, so I'm, yeah, I, I'm, I couldn't do that one either. You're, you're brucing. You're brucing? I'm not brucing. Oh, what are you doing? I have, uh, I have well, I have tickets to another show. <laughs> what show are you going to see? Uh, Skid Row. All right, that's forgivable. And the 22nd, are you brucing? Uh, no, that's when I'm at the uh, factory for our friends at uh, Paul Reed Smith. Yeah, okay, so we could do it live from Maryland. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, 20, the 29th, are you brucing? 29th, I'm brucing. All right, so this is going to be less show. Or next week's going to be less show for three weeks. No. While what? Well, we could do it. What if we did it the 28th? Oh, you didn't say that. What's the what day is the twenty eighth? Is that a Tuesday? Tuesday? Oh, you I can't, can't do, do Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> we'll have to do. The, we'll have to do the thirtieth. Okay, we could do the thirtieth. Okay, we'll, we'll discuss more of that next week. <laughs> right now, by the way, uh, one quick thing, like I mentioned before, about how wow, how things like that happen. You know how you talked about Burt Backrack and Elvis Costello and coming out this week is Burt Backrack and Elvis Costello. So I was at dinner last week with uh, uh, with my friend Rich and another friend of ours from high school who happens to live out here, who I happen to work with. And uh, for some reason, Kaja Gugu came up. <laughs> you know. Too shy. Too shy, shy, hush. So I'm in Vegas, and I said to Rich, I said, we, we're going record shopping. It's just what we're going to do. So we went out to a couple of places, and uh, I bought one record. Kaja Gugu. Kaja Gugu. <laughs> I'm like, I can't not buy it. And it was a promo, too. So it was a gold stamp promo. Uh, means that some DJ had it, and it was perfectly clean, so they probably didn't play it, which was the smart thing to do. <laughs> I bought it for way too much money. So, 
Um, that's like that's like one of those albums you find in the dollar bins. I paid seven bucks for it. But, <laughs> that's like me last month when I got Birdie Higgins that has uh, yeah. Key Largo and Casablanca, Another mm-hmm. Day in Paradise. That's a dollar bin record. I think I paid eight ninety nine. Yeah. Well, you know what? There was there was a kitsch factor that went along with that, and I it was undeniable. I had to do it. So, but to be honest, record stores in Vegas overpriced. No way. Something in Vegas is overpriced. I'm, I this can't is, believe it. Look, no, 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 no. But you wouldn't think that considering where these stores are in Vegas. They're okay. not in like, they're not on the strip. They're not in casinos. They're not in tourist areas. These are local joints. They look like shacks that are run down. They obviously go to Discogs and go, what's it selling for? And just look at the top number and then add 10%. <laughs> Because, I mean, like, literally, there were things selling for, like, 50 bucks that I'm like, I have three copies of this I bought for $5 last week, like, in the same condition. Like, <laughs> stop it. So, anyway, that's a quick aside. Hey, what are you doing, buddy? Get out of my shoe. Did you go to Kiss World? I've been to Kiss World. I did not go this time. I want to come out there for Kiss World. Have you not done that yet? No, I've never even been to Vegas. All right, you got to. Well, you had your opportunity. Nick no, was invited, to, everyone. Yeah, Nick was you, invited, and he did not come. I had to play Auto Rama. Eh, cars, cars, <laughs> money. Yeah, money. <laughs> Could have won a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, because I got such good luck. Hey, I got to see the Jetsons car, the A Team van, the Monkey Mobile. Wait, the Jetsons car? Yes. You know that was a cartoon, right? <laughs> well, somebody here. Oh, I wish I could figure out how to. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, God. This is worth seeing. All right, it's worth seeing. Then we're going to actually. Uh, I, uh... There it is. Somebody built a replica of the Jetsons car. Okay. Ladies also, the bug, the Bugs Buggy was there too, and I got to meet Bugs Bunny, who's Bug also a cartoon. Buggy, and right. and uh, Gall McCartney got to meet Flavor Flav, which that alone, which you saw in the intro, if you were around for the intro, you saw that firsthand. It's very disturbing. Um, you know, speaking of the intro, hi there. My name is unimportant. I just, you know, <laughs> we've gone forty-one minutes without that. All right, it's time. Oh, it's so good. That's it's my time, favorite Nick. thing. All right, Nick, what, it's time. It's what's time. the time for? It's time for Record Store Day review. So uh, the Record Store Day list came out about, oh, I think two weeks ago tomorrow. Yep. And uh, I, we wanted to do a show last week, or at least I did, uh, highlighting all the Record Store Day stuff. But no, somebody had to have his girlfriend's birthday on the day of her birth celebrate with her like on her birthday oh my god and that person was not me because i don't have a girlfriend but right um and i probably never will at this point but that's okay that's okay i make a very good incel um (laughs) (laughs) uh anyway so we're fast forwarding a week here we are it's wednesday march 1st we have 21 uh 21 31 we have 52 more days until record store day on april 22nd 2023 and lots of things are on this list and my first impression before we start going through them was i was underwhelmed you're that guy well i mean let's be honest the past few have been pretty damn good and there's been a lot to choose from to the point where i i 
I couldn't buy everything I wanted because I need to pay rent. Right. You know, but this time around, it was it was fairly weak. Now, going through it again with a finer tooth comb, I found more things that I thought were 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 pretty cool. But still, overall, as a, as a complete body of it, maybe it's because now that COVID's ended and things are coming out on time and there aren't backlogs, so you're not getting this swollen chart listing of everything. Though there's still over 200. There's 300. That, there's 350 releases. Yeah. Um. So there is it that many? Yeah. Well, I thought it was like under three, but either way, um, it's it took a while to find certain things. It just still overall as a whole doesn't seem like, uh, you know, a hotbed of entertainment in my mind. All right. Um, but let's do this. Nick and I picked a bunch of things and we're going to do this slideshow here and we're going to talk about, and these are what the covers will look like. We'll go through each of them. Uh, Nick, I mixed this up. I just did like whatever. So I don't even know whose is whose, what order it is right now. So we're just going to start with, and I think the first one is yours, though. I will say this. Okay. All right. So I apologize for this, but, you know, it's a white background with a white cover with John Lennon on the cover, and he's whited out. So I apologize, but that's what the cover looks like. Yes, and there's something else we need to apologize for. What's that? Regarding this. Well... I wanted to talk about this release specifically because I think this is what's wrong with Record Store Day. Okay. Um, and and it's got nothing to do with the content. Obviously, if you're not familiar, that's uh, it's John Lennon. Uh, the the compilation. I've heard of him. It's called "Give Me Some Truth," and what it is is basically a greatest hits compilation of all of John's best solo tracks. So, "Jealous Guy" and "How Do You Sleep" and uh, "Watching the Wheels." All those songs are on here. This came out a few years ago as a regular two LP. They also did a deluxe set that had um, four records in it, an Atmos mix, all kinds of stuff. What this is for Record Store Day? Now it's very limited. It's limited to five hundred. Five hundred copies. But you do notice it's an RSD first release. Now, if we should give a quick overview on that, too. Oh, yeah. Okay. So let's go through. We're going to talk about things called RSD exclusive, RSD first, and then there's something called a limited run regional focus. Okay. So, Nick, what is an RSD exclusive? RSD exclusive means you it will it's being made specifically or being made and released specifically for record store day and it's, that is it and that's it it's only being it's only being celebrated on that day doesn't mean you won't be able to find it later because it really depends on how many copies but it means it was made specifically to celebrate record store day now an RSD limited run or regional focus what does that mean Okay, so that's uh, usually lower tier titles, not always, because there's a couple on here that we're going to talk about that are regional focus. But this is usually a very small run, uh, usually less than 1,200 copies of something, and very hard to get uh to get your hands on and some stuff you know uh, I think last year Mike we talked about there was a very uh, there was a regional release of a Stooges thing and like that was something I was explaining where in Detroit every Detroit store is probably gonna have a good amount of stock of that because the Stooges are from here where Mike out in California may be lucky if he sees one copy because in 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 over 10 stores right (laughs) because it's just not for this not for this area somebody might get lucky and get a distributor may be nice but that's not the intent now this is an RSD first. So explain what that means. 
So RSD first means it will be released for Record Store Day. And there's something about this that's different than the mass-produced one that's coming. So the example I've used is uh, a couple of years back, there was a Neil Young live album that came out. The, the one that came out on Record Store Day was on colored vinyl and it came with a lithograph. The regular one when it was released a couple months later was on black vinyl, no lithograph. So it could be as subtle as that. It could be as subtle as the, uh, the LP color. Some bands you'll see, which uh, one of them on here, I'm sure we're going to talk about. Um, they have a, a track record of putting something out on picture disc for Record Store Day and then it comes out on black vinyl four to six months later. So yep. it RSD first really just means this is your first chance to get it. There is something special about it. That's why it's being celebrated on Record Store Day, but there are other versions or another way that you'll be able to get it at some point coming soon. There you go. So this is an RSD first, which in my mind, I think I know what the first portion of this is. And that is this is on nine 10 inch white vinyls. That's correct. I hate, I hate to use vinyls as a plural. I, it just drives me nuts. But each of the vinyl albums in this collection, the nine, nine pieces of vinyl are all white. Now, that's, I'm sure that's not going to be what happens after it comes out you know, when it, when it actually goes to press again. But here's why I wanted to say why this is, why this is what's wrong with records today, because this is a collection that has well-known songs on it. It was released a couple years back in a regular configuration. Okay. Obviously the nine, 10 inch LPs is, is a, is a collectability thing. Okay. Limited to 500 copies. Mike, do you know the price point on this? One ninety nine. That's 90, my guess. 199 I think uh would still be hot it would be fair okay considering what it is who it is etc okay oh no the list price on John Lennon give me some truth for records today is $375 what yes wow okay yes now again nothing about the content here nothing about the collectability of course I get all that limited to 500 that's low for a beetle I mean, that's very low, yeah, but very low. this isn't like a, if you remember a few years ago, there was a Paul McCartney release where there was three of them distributed through random record stores that were actually signed by Paul. If this was signed by John Lennon, I could understand the higher tag price. I but, had one of those three, but $375. I actually did for this one of those three. I didn't think you did. Um, but I did know a store that had one around here and, and the owner was telling me he had to sign a waiver that said, yes, I am going to sell this. Yes, I'm going to put it out. <laughs> yeah, I think you told me about yeah. that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, great stuff on here. And it is a, is a cool collectible for Beatle fans. But I mean, that that's that's a lot of money for what this is. Yeah. I mean, is it cool? Yeah. Is it a cool collectible? Yeah. Is it almost $400 cool? I guess if you can afford it and you're a Beatles fan. Yep. Next up, I threw this one on there. Billy Joel live at the Great American Music Hall in 1975. Why did I choose this one? Because this is way early in Billy Joel's career. Yeah. And this will show you a very hungry Billy Joel live. I mean, Billy Joel live was really, really, really good uh, earlier on in his career. And he was in, you know, and I guess maybe an angrier piano player in a lot of ways. Yeah. 
Um, so this, I, I don't have the track listing on me. Let, let me see if I can find it and look it up. Uh, but I'm positive. Yeah, here it is. So it's, uh, it's a two LP and it doesn't have, yeah, it doesn't have the, the, the track listing. It's, it's on gray or silver vinyl. It looks gray. like it's gray. Yeah. Uh, double opaque gray vinyl. <laughs> um, but it does have James, New York state of mind. Uh, and uh, imitations, Billy's loving imitations of Joe Cocker, Elton John, and Leon Russell. So, uh, does that mean covers? That, yeah, I think so. Okay, but I'm they're probably using it's probably musings of mm-hmm. his, you know, like uh, banter with the audience and storytelling type things, which is what he used to do earlier in his career. So, all right, it's on. on my list. I'm looking forward to hearing that. I think that's that's that that's what I love about Record Store Day is getting performances like this. You know, yeah. it's it's I, I, and this is a Record Store Day exclusive, by the way, yep, sixty seven hundred copies. Uh, Next up. Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh yeah. Everybody I know, this is on their list. I did put it on. Did I put it on my list for you or not? You did. Uh, good, because it needs to be on there because it's Randy Macho Man Savage. Oh yeah, snap to Slim Jim. It's Randy Macho Man Savage's uh, rap album. Be a man. Yes, you heard me correctly. Yeah, his rap album. Yeah, uh, it was originally released in uh, I think two thousand two, two thousand three, something like that. Far uh, too long ago. It was it was a classic. Well before it's t- well before it's time. Uh, nobody really can understand it until now, uh, but they're you know they're they're about to get it. They're about to get it all. I don't even know. Is this under Randy or under Macho Man? I think it's under Macho Man. I think uh, you're Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, there you go. One thousand copies. This is a limited run regional focus. Oh boy, this is going to be hard to get, folks. I, I thought. And let me say something about the quantities, which we've touched on before. There wait, is... wait, 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 wait. Hang on one second. I think Mark Garney was involved in a threesome. He says he met him. He spent a night with him and Hulk in Clearwater, Florida. Mark, anything else you want to tell us, Mark? You know, this is uh, that's kind of interesting. That sounds like a whole episode for another day. But we're going to leave that one. Be I'm just gonna not going to visualize that. (laughs) Continue on. So what I was going to say about the quantities is I don't know how many stores participate in Record Store Day, but it's hundreds if not thousands oh it's definitely Um, thousands yeah so for those that don't know when we order these things as a store um there's allocations that play a hand in this so like i might want 10 copies of macho man randy savage and they go well we'll give you one or we'll give you zero and it's usually based on where you're at um you know how many you ordered etc so something like this that only has a thousand made you're going to have every store at least trying to get one, maybe two copies of this. And then, of course, a big store like, let's say, Amoeba by where Mike is or in Mike's area. That's a store that's going to want to try and have 75 of these. Yeah, but they so won't get them. They won't get 75, but they might get 30. They might you know, get, so, yeah. So that takes it away from other stores. So something like this, is if this is what you're looking for, this is going to be hard to get. Yep, 100%. So that's these are the things that even though I asked Nick, hey, man, 
if you get an extra one, please put it aside for me. Well, guess what? I still allow, I still go out and try to find it anyway because the chances of him getting it and having one available for me is slim to none because he's got like eight other people ahead of me. That is for sure. <laughs> Including now, myself. Now, Patrick Middlestad says this will not be on his wish list. Should I ban him again? Should I banish him? Because, I mean, you can't be here if you're not into this. All right, moving on. All right, Mr. Big, I threw this on here um, because it's funny. Like, the original pressings go for a bunch of dough at this point. Not a ton, you know, but but definitely more than what they sold for, you know, 40 50 60 bucks. I bought one at a heavy metal swap meet for a dollar. There you go, because it didn't belong at a heavy metal swap. It did meet. not. It did not. So I got it for a dollar. But they're re-releasing Mr. Big on uh, this uh, cobalt blue vinyl. I think it's called cobalt yep. blue. Yep. Um, yeah. On, and it's, it's an RSD first, so obviously it's being reissued. Uh, probably come out on black vinyl afterwards. But this is 2,500 copies of Mr. Big on the cobalt blue vinyl which there's nothing extra about it. It's just being re-released, and it's blue. You got it. So there's that. And it's following up on uh, last year. Uh, they did lean into it. Yep. So, so, Which was harder to find on vinyl because that one came out in the early 90s, and that was when everything was like, nope, we're not doing anything. All right. So Nina. Who remembers Nina? Well, both. I, I put 99 Love Balloons in the record store. <laughs> 99 love balloons 99 love balloons 40 years of 99 love balloons now i liked nina when i was a kid because i thought she was a cute german chick and as an adult i don't know what she looks like anymore but i'm sure she's probably cute in her own way uh but yeah i just wanted to point this out because it's 40 years ago <laughs> stupid song came out um anyway moving on Ted now, this Nugent. is one you wanted. You wanted yes. this one in there, yeah. Yeah, this is something I'm very excited about. Okay, first off, there's a couple things I want to talk about with this. This is being released by Sound City Records, which is based in, in Detroit. Um, they did a couple great releases that last year. They had a, a sweet rarities collection, um, Ted Nugent, Spirit of the Wild. They also did... Uh, uh, the Rationals uh, self-titled debut at one point. So they do a lot of Detroit-based stuff. And then, of course, like I said, Sweet. Um, this, however, is the first release in what they're calling the Nuge Vault. Um, and it features studio outtakes and rough mixes of the iconic 76 release Free For All, which is one of Ted Nugent's biggest most loved records um demo versions of free for all dog eat dog and street rats and uh got different vocals on it instrumental rough mixes it's going to be on white vinyl rsd exclusive release four thousand copies um and as i mentioned sound city they do fantastic reissues great jackets great artwork good pressings uh all their stuff last year was pressed at third man i don't know if this one is pressed at third man or not uh but this is definitely something cool uh this is the record label is headed up by jason heartless who plays drums for ted and uh that's how they got this rolling uh from what i heard uh jason found a box of cassettes at, at Ted's uh, studio and started going through them and started finding all these great gems from recording these uh, classic records. So this is the first release. Uh, they're expecting to do more stuff, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it because I think it's a great record. Nice. 
All right, moving on. Scott Weiland, 12 Bar Blues. Now, this was Scott Weiland's first solo album. <laughs> Should have been the t 12 Step Blues. Too soon. <laughs> Hashtag too soon. I had to do it. Sorry. You did. So, funny story about the time that this album came out. You know, there's always like, you know, year in review magazines that used to come out. And they would, and, you know, like in rock magazines, they would like talk to rock stars about what's going to happen in the next year. You know, and side by side, I think this was like 98 or 99. Um, at the time, I was working with uh, Rob Zombie's management company, so that's why I, I read this thing. And he goes, oh, "What's your da -da -da, what's your prediction for 2020 or whatever it was? You know, uh, 2000. Who's going to be the artist that dies in 2000?" He says, "Scott Weiland." And so then Scott Weiland's column is right next to his. It's like, "What what what celebrity do you think is going to die in 2000?" He's like, "Not me." <laughs> Good. Like, See, you got the last answer, laugh for me. a minute. Yeah, for a minute. Now, no, I love I, I love Scott Weiland. I thought he was great. He's, what a great voice! And yeah. you know what, though, I mean this this album really didn't get a whole lot of play because, understandably, it's not the strongest thing on the planet. But Barbarella is actually a pretty cool tune off this album, and it it shows off the Scott Weiland voice thing that he had that very unique sound that scott wyland had where he could kind of do that high pitch growly whine thing but then go into that you know true tenor with strong vibrato he was he was a he had such a great voice and it's just so so sad that he just abused all that talent and just pissed it all away essentially you know because when he was sober and he was on he was on i saw him front both velvet revolver and stone temple pilots stp when they did the reunion with him and yeah uh, he was uh, fucking outstanding i mean vocally and just his whole pers persona and his front man uh energy it just yeah he, amazing all right moving on the ramones pleasant dreams now this one is interesting because it's 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 uh the original mixes if i yes. remember correctly now I guess when they first did them, there was some they they didn't like those original mixes. I don't know. Maybe I they think they changed producers shittier? or something. Yeah, the original mixes by album producer Graham Gouldman and three additional songs from the sessions not included on the original album, featuring alternative artwork found in the Warner Library. It's definitely so, good they changed that cover. There you go. Uh, but I mean, for those of you that don't know the the hit songs off this one, the KKK took my baby away. Um, we no, want the airwaves. We want the airwaves. You didn't mean anything to me. Um, let's see what else. Sitting in my room. <laughs> this business is killing me. Like these, the titles are just great. Uh, but yeah, these are the original, the original, um, the original mixes done by the original producer. Uh, again, with alternative artwork and some extra, some extra songs on there. So. 7,500 copies on that RSD exclusive release. And same yep. thing with the Scott Weiland we were talking about. That's 4,000 copies on blue and green vinyl. Is that RSD exclusive or yes. first? No, That's RSD ex exclusive. So there you go. Those are going to be worth more. All right, next. Stevie, Stevie Nicks. Nicks. Belladonna Live, 1981. Why did I pick this one when I make fun of Stevie Nicks mercilessly for sounding like a goat? Hopefully uh, well, not because Waddy Wachtel's involved. 
No, it's because this is when she was at peak goat. Um, <laughs> if you want to, if you want to look at it that way, this is an RSD exclusive release, ten thousand pieces. So you should be able to find this fairly easily. Uh, if you get, you know, if you're like us and wait outside of stores, I mean, this will be available to you because I'm sure every store ordered this. Uh-huh. Um, but it's it's basically from her right at the beginning of her solo career. And uh, it, while she does a ton of Stevie Nicks songs, Stevie Nicks solo tunes, she does a ton of, uh, of Fleetwood Mac songs that she had written as well. So, uh, you know, kicks off a Goldust Woman. Uh, let's see. Dreams is in there leather and lace uh belladonna stop dragging my heart around i need Uh, to know it's a tom petty cover too i need to know it's tom petty cover edge of 17 and rhiannon there you You go like there's a lot more than that i'm i'm leaving some things out but like sarah's on there of course so um so anyway you know like a a lot of the hits that you knew from early in, in stevie's solo career plus a lot of the hits that she wrote with in for fleetwood mac i should say but also warning, I'm pretty sure Waddy Wachtel's on this record. What does that matter? I hate that guy. Why do you hate Waddy Wachtel? I mean, think about what you just said. What, the goat? No, his oh. name. Well, yeah, fair enough. Next. RSD exclusive, 10,000 copies on Stevie Nicks. All right. Now, this That's- one I'm stoked about. Yeah, so am I. I am stoked about this. Eric Carr, who arguably was the best drummer kiss had yeah um in terms of technical ability uh, yeah as far as far as technical ability goes um he was always kind of like put down (laughs) like he felt like he was being put down by kiss and i guess a lot of ways they kind of did push him back a bit because he was a bit overbearing but he actually had chops and he actually had ability to write songs Though, if you go back to the whole joke of what's the last thing the drummer said before he got fired, hey, guys, why don't we try some of my songs? Um, <laughs> that's usually the kiss of death. But The kiss anyway. of death. Yeah. This is the kiss of death. That's the final thing you'll buy from kiss. <laughs> so so why don't you is, tell us a little more about this? This is limited to 4,000 copies. Um, it comes on... Is, 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 it, it, is it a first or an ex- oh no it's an exclusive it's actually. an exclusive and it yep. also is being released on cd but only 500 copies on record yeah. store day um i can't tell if it's if it's random because i don't think it's a two lp oh it is a two lp it is a two lp so, so you got an orange splatter and then a uh, gray a white splatter vinyl yeah they're both the same color schemes just two different albums so you have a predominant orange and a predominant gray with the with the gray and black on the orange or the orange and black on the gray yep and as uh mike mentioned these are basically eric carr's solo tracks that he was recording if you don't know um eric had a fantastic voice uh that seemed to run in kiss all the drummers have great great voices Uh, eric had that high harmony as does eric singer um which you can hear on uh smashes thrashes and hits his re-recorded version of beth (laughs) why they but had him do that i don't know also you can hear his his vocals on god gave rock and roll to you yep uh from revenge he actually didn't play on the album um but he, he did play on that on, song he sang on that song he played drums uh, on it too oh uh, yeah he played drums on it. eric singer did the video though yes but, yes uh, yeah but but uh he did play drums on that one song and he did sing a lot of the harmony backups 
there's like a three-part harmony thing that happens towards the end of the song and you can hear his voice above it all and you know it's a bit different than gene or paul because neither of them could do that in fact just to touch on that um Bruce Kulick, uh, who was the the uh, guitarist during most of Eric's time in the band, um, he did a clinic at at the store, and he has a portion in his clinic where he plays the isolated tracks of that bridge in "God Gave Rock and Roll to You," and that's all Eric, and it's uh, it's pretty amazing what what a great voice he had, and uh, it, it, I'm looking forward to hearing this because I think uh, he kind of his talent kind of got squashed by just being the drummer in Kiss. So yeah. um, this this is going to be a cool release, especially if you're a Kiss fan. And uh, th- these haven't come out uh, before, so uh, there's some of them haven't been out. I know they've been available on bootlegs and stuff, but yeah. I, it's never been officially released. So um, this is going to be a great release, uh, especially for Kiss fans. Uh, but I recommend anybody to check it out because I, I think it's going to be quality. And by the way, Eric Carr is the drummer in the video too it's the last thing he did for the band then wait a minute no because because i'm confused then because i thought it was he was either on that song and wasn't in the video but but i don't think he it was one of the two he did not do no he played drums and sang on it and he was in the video but that song got put on revenge which i think didn't they didn't he had nothing to do with no he had nothing to do with i would definitely want to check and see because i think part of that is wrong he's in the video if he's in the video he did not yeah if he's in the video he did not play on the album he's in the video but i don't think he played on that song i'm i'm almost positive he did not play on that song but he sang on it he definitely sang on it should i text bruce kulik and ask him why don't you just look it up (laughs) yeah but it'd be funnier to bother bruce kulik about this all right well then have him come on (laughs) like Bruce, we need you to come on this show. It's live. It's happening right now. I know you're um, busy. He lives in Vegas. There you go. He's on my time then. He's fine. He's probably having dinner, which we won't be bothering him at all. No. Okay, so here, here we go. I've already solved it. You're, you're right. Eric Carr, drums on uh, Car Jam 81, which is the bonus track on Revenge. Backing vocals on God Gave Rock and Roll to You too. So he did not drum on the yeah. studio recording, but he is in the video. Yeah, I was I was fairly certain. I, I know I get I know I'm wrong once in a while, but that one I thought I had pretty right. Uh, I knew it was like one or the other. He was he was definitely in the video. He was wearing a wig, as somebody pointed out in the chat, because he had cancer and he was he was you know in treatment. But that was the last thing he did. Yep, he died not long after filming that video. I think it was within three months or maybe even less after filming that video, he passed away. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, they said he brought it for the for the video, and they don't show him too much in the video. Uh, but you know it's him back there. So. Yep, he did bring it for sure. Yep. All right, All this right. I did for you. Here I we go. This. this is just making me sick. We're gonna p- go past that. No. So, oh people, no, there's more. What people don't understand, don't know, is that Mike ordered eleven copies of this from yes, me. Yes, I did. So this is uh, this is Gene Simmons' favorite band, The Grateful Dead. Um, and it's from 1977. I'm trying to fast forward any talk about this so we can get past it it's 1977 i think it's a 52 album live show that cost way too much it's a uh it's a five lp set mike and it costs 129.99 i was right um, about the second part um so the big thing with this if anyone cares excuse me is He's uh getting choked up this He's all is choked up <laughs> this is recorded may 7th 1977 which is the night before the 
the, supposedly the the top voted greatest Grateful Dead show ever released, five eight seventy seven at Cornell University, and then uh, five nine seventy seven, which was recorded in. Uh, Oh shit! Where was five nine? I can't remember where five nine was, uh, but Boston on five seven. Cornell. I don't think they could remember either. You're fine. They they can't. But this uh, this run of shows is highly regarded as some of the greatest Grateful Dead, and uh, Cornell came out a few years ago on LP, and it goes for huge money. And then they did oh Buffalo five nine was Buffalo. Oh and, well, of course. And that came out. Two years ago for RSD, that goes for big money. So 5-7 is completing the run of 5-7-8 and 9 complete shows, and uh, it's going to be great. There's a there's a ripping version of Bertha on here. Oh, and, uh, yes! And also uh, Eyes of the World into the Wheel. Me and Gall McCartney just listened to part of this show the other day. Also a full performance of Terrapin Station, man. Oh, well. Yeah, even Roger's screaming about it back here. Well, he's going to be happy when you get a box of nine of them at, at the at your at your door. I thought it was eleven. Eleven, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be able to fulfill all eleven. Oh, could you fulfill? How about this? I'll let you sell them to your customers that actually want them. I just want to set them on fire. <laughs> hey, right, man. Raj? Raj hey, is man. All about it. Uh, side D kicks off with Tennessee Jet. I thought oh, I'd bring great. that. In. I put this on here because I felt like I needed to. Because if you have this, you need to do this. Not and I figured you would bring it up. I figured you would bring it up. I wasn't and going to because, Mike, I got to tell you, I'm not a big uh, JGB fan. Random moment. Need Beastie Boys albums. I agree. And actually, speaking of that, there is a release Um where Mike D is involved, it's a whole bunch of 45s. It's called the Brazilian mix or something like that. It, it's it's like all underground rap. Um, let me see if I can find that on Record Store Day page. That actually it's, sounds kind of cool. It does. Um, in the meantime, while you're pulling that up, I can let you know that this uh, Jerry Garcia that you added in here is an RSD first release where the dead is an RSD exclusive. But here's what you really need to know about this. The uh, JGB release, that's the Jerry Garcia band, starts off with a cover of How Sweet It Is to Be Loved by You. Therefore, the name How Sweet It Is for the album. Wow, it's not just uh, not just clever. But all right, so Brazil 45 box set volume four. That's what it is. So for the fourth installment of our much-beloved Brazil 45 box set series, we have the privilege of presenting a selection from true hip-hop royalty, Mike D. of Beastie Boys. Uh, the box, box set brief is simple, a curated collection of the most beloved tracks from Brazil's rich musical tapestry. Mike didn't disappoint, digging deep into unearthed uh, incredible funky psych rock, dreamy MPB, and experimental nuggets. In a reflection of his most famed musical output of hip-hop and hardcore punk, it's no surprise he is cherry-picked from the experimental and left-field side of what Brazil has to offer. There you go. So, yeah, it's all these Brazilian artists that he just went and picked a bunch of things, and they're all 45s on 7-inch. Sweet. Next. Oh, there's a 1,000 copies of that, and it's an RSD first release, so hooray. 
Soul Asylum, this is the complete unplugged. It's the MTV Unplugged show of Soul Asylum. Now, I don't care who you are. Back in the early 90s, Soul Asylum was the shiz. They ruled the airwaves. And they're... I know Runaway Train. You know that one. You also know uh, Somebody to Shove. Pretty sure you know that one, right? Maybe. That was like their, their big hit. I want somebody to shove. Oh, yeah, I know I that I need somebody. That's what kind of put them on the map. Uh, and then Runaway Train was, was a huge, huge hit. That's a great song. Yeah, that's a great tune. Uh, but there's there's a bunch of songs that are on here. But again, their their MTV special, their MTV um, Unplugged was actually one of the better Unplugged. Now, this is an RSD exclusive, only 3050. 3050 copies. I had to get that extra 50 in there, which is wow. kind of odd. Um, does it have track listing on here? Don't have the... Oh, let's see. It's the complete performance. Newly, newly mixed from the original tapes and released for Record Store Day for the first time on vinyl. 16 tracks, including four previously unreleased non-broadcast performances. So that's kind of cool. Sweet. Next up. Beggar's Banquet. Yep. Now, that is not the cover that we know. No. But that's the original cover. Yes. And that's what's coming out. (laughs) And what is it coming out on? Vinyl on April 22nd. Yeah, but but dot dot dot. Let me uh, bring up the thing again. Hang on. This is I think I'm not sure how this is going to sound, but I think it's going to look killer. Yeah, it is. Um, So I've I've uh, got it. If you don't RSD exclusive 9000 pieces. Uh, Let's see. Exclusive to record store day 2023. (laughs) This is the cool part. The LP is pressed on gray, blue, black and white swirl. Because of uh, Salt of the Earth, the lyric in Salt yeah, of the, the Earth. Yeah, the lyrics in Salt of the Earth that they did on uh, the Rock and Roll Circus. So, uh, yeah, that's how they're doing it. And then they brought back the original artwork, which this was the original artwork for Beggar's Banquet. But then most other, all other copies just have like the beige cover with the script writing that says Rolling Stones Beggar's Banquet. Mm-hmm. Probably because they didn't want to have, you know, they didn't think like a toilet that actually looks a lot cleaner than the one in CBGB's. Um, you know, uh, they didn't think that was the best thing for the cover of an album, but I disagree. I think this is badass. So go with it, buy it, get it. And it's, and it's one of the greatest rock and roll albums of all times too. So it starts off with sympathy for the devil and it has street fighting man too. Yes. So, all right, moving on. This was yours. Okay. What do you got? Okay. Yeah, no, I couldn't see it at first. It it was still on the stones. Um, Okay, this Eric Dolphy, the reason I wanted to bring this up, um, great, of course, one of the great jazz uh, uh, saxophonists uh, of all time. I think that's, that is what he played, right? Where's Pat? Pat will tell me. I'm pretty sure he's holding saxophone. He's holding what looks to be a bass clarinet. Okay, maybe it was clarinet then. What 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 the fuck did this guy play? I can't remember. We'll talk about him. I'll I'll okay. look it up. The reason I brought this up was because I I picked this up a few years ago, and if you remember, a couple years or a couple years uh, last year on Black Friday RSD, we talked about Renaissance Records reissuing. Uh, there was a Jocko Pastorius release that had been released a few years ago, um, 
that sold out immediately was going for big money. That's the same thing that happened with this Eric Dolphy musical prophet. He and, was uh, a saxophonist, but he was a he was a woodwind player, so he played saxophone okay. and um, clarinet, etc. I'm pretty sure most of this stuff is saxophone because I've listened yeah. to this a few times, and that's why I was getting thrown off because I was like, pretty sure this guy plays saxophone. But um, they've changed the cover of this release um it comes with a great 20 page book that tells you all about this era of um eric dolphy's career some great stuff on here featuring uh jazz greats clifford jordan sonny simmons woody shaw richard davis and bobby hutchinson or hutcherson uh really cool package amazing sound quality and uh, like i said this was going for three four hundred bucks so if you missed out on it last time and you're a big jazz guy you gotta pick this up um amazing stuff and uh renaissance records just does some great stuff on record store day so this this is another one that uh i would definitely put on your pickup list all right this series I, is driving me out of my fucking mind i have to be honest you <laughs> two has put out yet another split uh split ep so this is um a record store date rsd first release but it didn't have a number um so Too i don't know many. how many yeah that to me that sounds like it's triple digits um but yeah it's uh two hearts beats is one the war mix sunday bloody sunday war mix two hearts beat is one the songs of surrender mix and sunday bloody sunday songs of surrender mix so i guess it's the original mixes and then new mixes yep there you have it but that's what people they've been like doing. you too people like you too so that's why i put it out there by the way did you hear that larry mullen is going to be playing drums on their next tour yeah, I, I heard he's got to have like shoulder surgery or yeah, something. Yeah, he's got a, something wrong with him, so he's not going to be able to play their next tour, which is nuts, because they're actually opening up that sphere that they're building in Vegas. They're the first act to play there. That and thing I, looks cool. Uh, look, I've been staying at the Venetian for years, and it's on the Venetian property. It's part of the Venetian, and I've been watching them build this thing for years, and it's freaking huge. And the cool part about it is that. It, they're going to project on the outside what's happening on the inside. <laughs> so it's you don't even nuts. need a ticket then. Well, it's a gigantic globe, so you won't be able to hear it and <laughs> see it in the way that you probably should if you were inside. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be funky. Yeah, I heard there's like crazy state-of-the-art um, sound in there, like where it's going to be like... It was like 6,000 speakers or some yeah. crazy number overall. I forget what it was, but it was some really ridiculous number of speakers. How many people do you think the place holds by they your estimation? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like 20K. Larger so, arena then. It's big. Okay. It's, it's fucking big. Um, yeah, it's big. All right. Yes. T-Rex. Let me pull up my notes on this because I wanted to, <laughs> uh, I, I thought this looked really cool. Um, because it was a it was originally released only in Japan uh, 50 years ago so it's a uh, it's a it's a compilation that's basically a greatest hits you know it's got 20th century boy on it metal guru of course bang a gong uh, born to boogie a lot of great stuff but there's also um, some non-album b-sides and uh, it's pressed on pink vinyl comes with an OBI strip and uh, Japanese picture sleeves I love stuff like this um and i'm a big t-rex fan i think they're kind of overlooked and there's some great stuff from mark boland so i'm looking forward to this release limited to 2000 on this hot pink vinyl uh but it is an rsd first release so it will be released again most likely on black vinyl 
Gall McCartney has commentary on the MSG sphere in Vegas, which, by the way, I just checked is not twenty thousand, but it's seventeen five. Okay, but still big. Yeah, That's it's big. big. That's big. And I like how everyone's all mad about the cost of it as if every other arena ever made didn't cost a billion to construct. You're right, except this cost two point one billion. <laughs> and it was this estimated is a classic to cost moment 1. like this. billion. Yeah, just there you go. Just moving on. UFO the best of UFO. I don't think there's much else to say besides the best of UFO, right? How far up does it go? I'll tell you. Does it go through the Shanker era or past the Shanker era? Because almost always the UFO reissues just stop when Michael Shanker left the band. Side one. Doctor, doctor, rock bottom. Shoot, shoot, too hot to handle. Only you can rock me and lights out. Side two. Young blood, lonely heart. We belong to the night when it's time to rock. Out in the street. Side three. Let it rain. Natural thing. Cherry. Love to love. Let it roll. Live. Side four, highway lady, can you roll her? <laughs> Try me, letting go, call my name, and night run. So side one is just fucking killer, and then the other ones are yeah. just so-so. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. But it's still UFO. Yeah. You know, and if you're a fan, you're a fan. You know, you'll pick this up. Can't go um, wrong with some good UFO. It is a Record Store Day exclusive release, double LP. Um, and so there's a lot of songs on this record, so they had to accommodate all those songs because it was a two-CD set, and they put all the songs on the double LP, so you know that the groove's got to be really close I together. Gonna say. And I'm going to question the fidelity of this. Well, just I'm doing quick math in my head, and side one is going to run about 29 minutes. Yeah, it's yeah, probably. I mean there's one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. Side one has six songs on it. Every other side has five. Well, side four has six songs, so anyway. That one's questionable. On. Yeah, moving on. Dio. Dio. Live in Fresno. And we ain't talking Fresno chilies. We're talking the city of Fresno, California. I'm glad you made that distinction. Yeah, because people would say, you know, I thought I thought you were talking about the pepper. And I would say, no, I'm not. Um, so let's see. How many on this one? 8,000. 8,000 RSD exclusive release. This was recorded on the Holy Diver Tour. So the classic lineup of Dio himself, Vinnie Apice, Vivian Campbell, and Jimmy Bain. Can't ask for anything better than that. Um, Every show, and they've released a handful of shows from this tour, of course, are always fantastic. Play almost the whole Holy Diver record, plus the a couple uh, Dio or a couple Sabbath and Rainbow tunes. So Heaven and Hell's on there, Man on the Silver Mountain, and Starstruck. So uh, can't go wrong with some prime era live Dio. Yep, there you go. And look, even the devil is giving the devil horns. Get it? Yep. And the priest from Holy Diver is completely wrapped up. <laughs> All right. This one I'm waiting. I, I, I want this. I, Jesus I, it is the best incarnation with the best vocalist hitting all the notes. I can't wait to hear Dreams live. 
Van Halen right here, right now, for the first time on vinyl. And now, hopefully last. Well, I, let's be honest. We've seen this on vinyl. This has made the rounds, but it has never been official release. The, they were all illegal, cut from CD, not real, and like on some strange colored shit. Yep, we have um, one in the store right now. And what? And how much does that go for? It went for a lot more until this was announced. <laughs> there you go. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much how it goes, though, right? Yep. But again, this is a four LP, so this actually is longer than what the original was. Um, there's some extra tunes on this, from what I remember. Let me see. 7500 RSD exclusive release. So this is the only time you'll see it. So if you're a Van Halen Luckily. collector, you know what? If you're a, a collector of Van Halen uh, vinyl, this is the only time you're going to be able to get it uh, on vinyl for the first time and therefore for the last time. Uh, let's see. It's the original live album plus three additional tracks. Never before on vinyl, this live show is for, from the Four Unlawful Carnal Knowledge Tour, which is Nick's <laughs> favorite album. <laughs> get it? Because um, it's fuck. <laughs> eh. uh, right now, run around. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, oh, hopefully it doesn't include Pound Cake. That's another terrible song. Well, let's let's go through. Side A, Pound Cake is the first song. <laughs> Judgment Day, whatever. When It's Love, Spanked. Side B, ain't talking about love. In and out. Dreams. Nick's favorite Van Halen song ever. Dreams. Man on a Mission. That song is stupid. Uh, uh, side so, C, so is everything else you listed except ain't talking about love. Well, but it's sang by Sammy. Yeah, right. But it, the that song in stupid. context is good. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, One Way to Rock. Good. That's in Oh, I'm glad some, they put that Sammy one in. Hits. That's good. Yeah. When, Finish what I you started. Finish what you started. Another one of your favorites. Right? Oh yeah, big way up on my list. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Bonus tracks. The dream is over. From that was from the DVD. Eagles fly. I don't even know that song. Oh, that's another. It's basically dreams uh, part two. Okay. Also, it's it's as bad as dreams. And then mine all mine, which I know what that. Is. I like how I like how there's only one. Is there really only one David Lee Roth era song on this record? Two. Um, you I said ain't talking about two, love. No, 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 no. There's more than that. I think there's three. So let's see. Um, Panama. Ain't talking about love. Um, let's see. You really got me. And then they don't won't get fooled again by the who. Okay, so so let's just just to be clear here, we have six, well, five killer Van Halen records. We've got three songs from five killer Van Halen records. No, no fucking I'm the one. No atomic punk. No hot for teacher. No, no, no mean street. But but one way to rock made the cut. This is why when Are we talk about Van Halen, me? this is why when we talk about Van Halen, people don't understand that it was like two separate bands. It really was. It really was. There was like the David Lee Roth era. This is such a Sammy fucking Hagar insult. Era. It really is. But am I going to buy it? Yes. Good. Yes. Good. How I'm much? How I... much does that go? How much is that one going for? Uh, too know? too much. If it's more than ten dollars, it's too much. Well, I'm sure it's too much then. Yeah, it's too much. I think it's I think it's uh, one twenty five or maybe a hundred bucks. I don't know. It's four LPs. It's probably a hundred. 
There you go. All right, moving on. I put this in here because I'm still it's just- stuck at that one way to rock made the set list, <laughs> but fucking but Mean Street didn't. Or Unchained. Unchained didn't make the set list, but one way to rock did. Oh my God. Look, Eddie was on a lot of drugs. So uh anyway, I put this on here just because it's <laughs> Are you looking at what Gal McCartney said? Yes. Yeah. For once, he actually said something intelligent. <laughs> he said they had a million ways to make noise, and they picked those songs. So I'll give him credit on that one. All right, moving on. Uh, this Doors thing, I don't know how much it costs, <laughs> but it's cute and small. And these are, why are they cute and small? These are three-inch records. This seems to be a thing on Record Store Day. Three-inch records come out. Well, the Doors have three three-inch records coming out, but they decided to... They, you could buy them separately, but they also have this package where you get the mini three-inch record player and the three three-inches, and they're just singles. And they sell. it's a self-contained unit with a little speaker built into it, so you know the fidelity is going to be awesome. It's going to sound great. It won't sound small or tinny at all. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Anyway, if you like the doors, this you got to be honest. This is kind of like a pretty pretty cool collectible. It is. Um, and then I forget how many of those they actually made. It wasn't that many. They did an Anthrax one, I think, last year or the year before. Anthrax got the same treatment with the box and everything. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let's see. And the turntable. Five hundred. Five hundred. That is going to be a collectible. Five hundred with the turntable. Fifteen hundred separately of each of the of the three inches if you buy them separately, but 500 of the package. I love the doors and I'm out on this one. I don't even know. I mean, what, what could this possibly cost a hundred bucks? I think it's, it, I would guess it's probably a hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah. If it's a hundred bucks, I would buy it. All right. I'll put you down for one. No, don't please don't. I just, you, did you order one for your store? Uh, I, I'm sure we did. You know, mm-hmm. Scotty should have been on here doing this with us. Cause he could have answered what actually got ordered. Fair enough. Because usually it's just me bagging on, like, just like how I did the Van Halen. Like, don't order any of those. Who the fuck wants that? Yeah. See, this is why you'll be short-lived in business. Like, Nick buys things for his store so emotionally, it's not even funny. Like, well, you'll sell dozens of these. Yeah, but I don't like it. Yeah, but, but you'll make millions. Like, I don't want to support dreams in one way to rock being on the one release. You should buy 20 of those. All right. Queensryche, Operation Mind Crime 2. Now, this is kind of funny. Um, I love how this is billed as an RSD first. Oh, not, not, I'm sorry, not an RSD first. I take that back. Uh, it might be an RSD first. I don't think it's I think it is a first. It's a first 2,500. But uh, what I meant to say was that it says for the first time ever on vinyl. Wrong. Is that wrong? It's wrong. It's not the first time on vinyl. This was released in Europe originally on vinyl. So uh-huh. you can find vinyl copies of this. It was never released in the U.S. on vinyl. But it does exist on vinyl, for sure. Now, this album sucks. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it's it's, it's you know, not very, worse. very few things can have a really good sequel. The Godfather is one of them. Godfather 2 is arguably better. 
Yep. Right? Yep. Operation Mindcrime is, for all intents and purposes, a perfect concept album. It is great. This, they, they went back to the well. They tried. And it, it just didn't. It didn't. It just didn't. It's I still not... Even, it's still not as bad as that last album that they did with Jeff Tate that had that song Get Started on it. No, I don't even know. Like, oh I'm not even God, a big Queensryche fan. I'm not a big Queensryche fan. I know what I my, the knowledge I have on Queensryche is limited. But I do know this song this album sucks. Uh, because I I wound up getting Mind Crime 1 and 2 live at the uh, was it what Mind Crime uh Mind Crime, Crime at, at the, the Moor. Yeah. yeah. And I got that. And I have to be honest, I I I I heard it initially, and I think I may have even said it on this show. The first time I heard that live album um, was on iTunes, and because I was thinking about buying it, and I heard it, I'm like, "No, this sounds like shit. This is terrible." On vinyl, it sounds way better. Okay. It it just I don't know what it was. It just sounded way way better. I maybe it's the lack of compression, uh, whatever it was. It was way fuller listening to it on my stereo system uh, rather than through the very expensive, you know, earbuds I have through streaming services. So, uh, but I was like, cool, let me get into Minecraft 2 then. Nope. <laughs> nope. Doesn't matter how good the Sonics are. It still yep. is not good. <laughs> kind of sucks. But, but if you're a Queensryche fan, and you can get this for the first time on vinyl in the U.S., go ahead and do it. There you go. Red Rose Speedway. Paul McCartney, of with course. With an Obi. With an Obi. Yep, this is, uh, this is part of the ongoing Half Speed Master Series that uh, Paul and company have been putting out for the 50th anniversary of all of these records. They did it for McCartney 1. They did it for Ram. They did it for Wildlife. And now they are doing it for Red Rose Speedway. So Red Rose Speedway is technically the second Wings record, but it's referred to as a Paul McCartney record because the first one didn't sell because it was called Wings and not Paul McCartney and Wings. So uh, the label insisted on Paul being on the cover and it being credited as a Paul McCartney record. So... Uh, the it, best, did, it did have one hit. It did have one. I hit. was going to say the best known song on this record is "My Love," which yeah. is a fantastic song. Um, but there's there is a couple other good tunes on here that a lot of people don't know about. Uh, the song that closes side A, li uh, "Little Lamb Dragonfly," is fantastic. Uh, when the night is good and the medley that closes the album is cool. Uh, but some people don't know this was originally uh, recorded as a double record. It was a, a two LP set and had a couple songs that Danny Lane sang and uh, the label insisted on cutting it down to one. So what this is, is a reissue of the original release on red vinyl. Again, carrying on the half speed master series. It was done at uh, Abbey road. And uh, if you're really interested in it, the uh, two LP version is out there. They did it as part of the uh, archive reissue series a few years back. You can get the original two LP run of Red Rose Speedway, and it's a way better record done that way. Yeah, there's more stuff, but it flows better. But I still think this is a great record, and My Love is a fantastic Paul song. Whoa, whoa, my love. Oh, whoa, my love. You sound just like him. Right? I can hardly tell the difference. I know. I'm coming right down to it, guys. I think it's the last couple we got. So Okay. Motorhead. Uh, yes. 
This is the uh, Lost Tapes series that they've been doing for the last few record store days. Finally getting Oops. a uh, classic era Motorhead uh, release from uh, 1984. Um, this has Lemmy Wurzel, Phil Campbell, and Pete Gill. Um, but still good era of Motorhead. The last few that came out were like from 99 and 2002. Not that Motorhead wasn't killing on that, but like this is 80s era Motorhead. Yeah, this, so. is, this is when Lemmy's liver was not distended from his body and he was able to still walk around and stuff. And this has my favorite Motorhead track on it. The chase is better than the catch. There you go. All right. And the finale. Uh, this is what we're ending on yeah okay you can take it yeah well i mean look i i just tried to find things that i thought might be cool and i didn't think this was cool at first but i'm like all right well somebody will it's not about me so this is a uh, motley crew with a 12 inch single or 12 inch ep i guess uh of helter skelter now this is a picture that supposedly was from like the you know the the blood uh, whatever they, they they had a name for like the the blood sessions or whatever the blood photography sessions it was like some thing where it was like oh there's blood watch out motley crew hey you're evil um but anyway <laughs> as you all know motley crew did a cover of helter skelter by the beatles and that became somewhat of a hit for them in the mid 80s uh but this is uh an lp an ep <laughs> with um <laughs> Paul McCartney just says garbage. Okay. <laughs> of course he would know. Because I'm just going to leave it there. He would know. <laughs> anyway, this contains Helter Skelter and Red Hot, as well as Live Wire and Piece of Your Action. So some hits from different albums or what have you. Uh, and uh, it's a 12-inch picture disc that Gall McCartney loves. The other day I asked him, who do you hate more, Motley Crue or Metallica? And without even like missing a beat, not even a split second, he goes, oh, Motley Crue. I, I would tell you, excuse me, I'm tired. Um, yeah, this is an RSD exclusive with no number attached to it as far as how many pressings there are, which is interesting. Before we get off of this, Mike. Did you happen to notice the uh, limited edition number on the Taylor Swift release? Uh, Taylor Swift, by the way, does something like every she every, does. Uh, every record store day, and they always sell fine. out, and they become very expensive about five minutes after they go on sale. Yeah, but not this time. Not this uh, time, Mike. Let's see. Let's see. Taylor Swift. That begins with a Q, right? Let's see Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Oh, okay. Folklore, the Long Pond Studio Sessions, Republic Records. This is a a two LP two LP RSD exclusive. Very very limited. Um, I can't believe they've done some a run this this small. Yeah, me either. Especially um, for this big of an artist. Yeah, only seventy five thousand copies. Yeah. 75,000 copies. I'm going to venture I'm going to venture to think that that one's going to be available after record store day. I would I would think I would think. I think what they're doing though is I think they're trying to stop people from the secondhand market because they've 
the the past few things she's done, whether it be like, well, this happened last year. There was she put out a seven inch, right? Yep. And you actually had to take numbers for people that wanted to buy it and pull out and, and to see who got it. If I'm yes. not wrong, that's correct. So how did that all go down? We had people that would were lining up at our store just to be able to enter the raffle for the Taylor Swift uh, seven inch, which I think was called the Lakes, and. Uh, yeah, very, very limited. Uh, I'm ne- I don't remember what was special about it, but I remember that everyone got heavily allocated on it. Like if we ordered 20 of them, we got four. And, uh, yeah. you know, huge stores that were ordering 300 were getting two. So it was it was a sought after release. And yeah, as you mentioned, we took names and numbers. And basically, if we pulled your name and number, you got to buy it at tag price, you know, regular price. We weren't gouging anybody, but that was quickly on eBay going for two, three hundred dollars. Yeah, like immediately. Yeah, and it was immediately list price on this thing was, I think, like uh, fourteen ninety nine. It was like something because it was a seven inch. Yeah. You know, and I I had the opportunity to buy one. I did not because I'm not going to buy it and just flip it. I don't usually do things like that. <laughs> I did that with one record once and because I had two of them. That's right, Roger. Yeah, he agrees. He but I, but 75,000 copies. You want to talk about, like, I think it was Soul Asylum you brought up. Like, you yeah. said, oh, it's 3,050 copies. You want to know why that's not 5,000 copies? Because they're pressing 75,000 Taylor Swift records. Yeah, they, that's uh, why like, they're holding all these, all these, uh, uh, what do you call like pressing plants? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, all of them went to her. Uh, but anyway, that's our brief review of what's happening on Record Store Day. Um, if anybody has any questions about anything else, ask Nick. I don't know squat about this stuff, really. <laughs> I just look at lists and I go, oh, that's cool. And we tell you, oh, yeah, that's cool. And you go, oh, yeah, that's cool. And then you go out and you buy it and you can't get it because none of them you go, oh, wow, that's not cool. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. Anyway, uh, it's time for our last two segments and then we're going to go because I'm tired. Okay, me too. Yeah. So, Discovered, where we discuss a cover song. We like as much, if not better, than the original. You go first, because I went first the last two times. Yeah, you did, didn't you? But I didn't really have one for this week. I had one. I have one. I have a doozy for this song sucks. Um, Is it One Way to Rock? <laughs> actually, it's a cover of One Way to Rock. Um, I actually don't have a cover this week that I can think of off the top of my head. Um Oh, we should say, yeah, uh, just seeing Pat's comment, there is a ton of amazing jazz releases coming out for Records Today. If you're a jazz person, there's so much stuff to get excited about. Chet Baker and Mono, there's a great Art Blakey release coming out, uh, Bill Evans compilation. So if you're into the jazz stuff, there's some amazing titles coming out. I know we showed the Eric Dolphy, but there's a ton of great stuff coming out. All right, I have one. Okay, you have one. Go ahead. This one I like better than the original. I keep forgetting that it's a cover, though. <laughs> but it has to be on there. Come on, feel the noise by Quiet Riot. That's what you're picking. That's what I'm picking, because I don't have anything else right now. That would but be a better... This song sucks. Uh, listen, you know, you and I rarely agree on things, so we're there again. But Come on, feel the noise is a Slade song, and it became their first big hit. And then they did it again. 
with Mama, we're all, we're all crazy, crazy now, now, which is another Slade song. And it was the first single off the second album. Like, guys, come on. You're better than this. Randy Rhodes started your band. Let's go. But come on, feel the noise. Their version of it is way better than the Slade version. It is. So I, I am going with that one. Okay. Uh, my pick for this week for uh, Discovered is the uh, Jimmy Hoffa experience doing Steal Away uh, by Robbie <laughs> Dupree. <laughs> All right, you're a funny guy. I thought I did okay on that one, but uh, you did. It's not not done yet. It's not done yet. So. All right, all right. You want me to go to my backup pick? Then? Go to your backup so we no, can I'll, put that on Spotify. Yeah, I'll yeah, circle yeah. back through on okay. uh, on uh, uh, Steal Away. Uh, Party. I'm going to keep with Paul McCartney. Uh, the song is Party. It's an old Wanda Jackson tune. Oh, wow. He. He did a record in 1999 that a lot of people don't know about. It's called Run, Devil, Run. It's all covers, old school rock and roll stuff, um, you know, Gene Vincent and Buddy Holly. But the band that Paul McCartney had on this record is Paul McCartney on bass and vocals and some guitar. David Gilmore on guitar. Yes, that David Gilmore. And Ian Pace from Deep Purple on drums. There you go. Record crushes from front to back it's all old school rock i do a lot of, I, I gained an appreciation when i joined the twist and tarantulas and had to learn a lot of that stuff everything we like can be traced back to that shit and this is a great representation of that era but that version of party by wanda jackson is a banger and uh like i said it's got it's got ian pace and david gilmore and paul mccartney playing on one track what more could you ask for it has Paul McCartney and Ian Pace and David Gilmore playing on the record, and it has Nick's DNA all over the record because he probably squirted when he first heard the damn thing. So, yeah, yeah there you go. And there Great. is yeah, there is a DVD recorded from that era of that lineup uh, recorded at the Cavern Club when the record came out. Never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. All right. Well, we got covers out of the way. Do we know what time it is? It's time for this. It's still so good. It's still so good. Do we need the other one? Yeah, of course. Okay. We gotta we gotta tell the audience about the uh, the package you sent. So <laughs> Nick was having a bad week, and and I get tired of listening to him bitch and complain. So I'm like, all right, does this guy ever laugh ever? So I sent him a care package, and in the care package was Steve Miller Band greatest hits and the greatest hits from John Cougar Mellencamp. <laughs> Two of his favorite artists of all time. Brand new, and still sealed. Brand new, still sealed. And, and and I wrote notes for each one. And for the Steve Miller one, I'm like, listen, man, things will get great. They'll be great. Just like this greatest hits album from Steve Miller. 
And then on the on the on the John Cougar Mellencamp one, I wrote, "I sent you John Mellencamp as well because I'm a douche." <laughs> so, so there, he got both greatest hits albums. Uh, where I bet he already threw them out. So. No, I still have them because I can't bring myself to throw out gifts, but oh, I okay. am considering nice. throwing out Steve Miller. But uh, oh, I, I just want to say from my end, I was in the middle of working with a customer, and uh, the Amazon driver came in and said, I have a package for Nick, and I took it. because and, and then I remember thinking, like, I didn't order anything, and I opened it, and I was like, <laughs> God damn it. As soon as I saw Steve Miller, I knew who it was from. What's the worst is that I initially tried to send Steve Miller at Christmas and Amazon lost it. Yeah, good. Thank you, Amazon. So I got my $5 back. That's what it cost. (laughs) Anyway, uh, this song sucks. Not all of them can be zingers. They can't all be zingers. We're talking about great bands with shitty songs. Nick, what song sucks this week? Well, I wasn't sure what I was going to pick, but as we went through this episode, I realized there's only one choice, and that's One Way to Rock by Sammy Hagar. What a fucking awful song. Hey! Roger's eating my shoe, and look at him walk so slow now. That song's terrible. First of all, you know what there's I mean? more than one way to rock. There's the more than one way to rock. That's first of all. Second of all, who goes on at 8.05? What do you mean? He, he says in the song, it's 8.05, it's time to rock. Or it, Well, the opening band, he's probably opening for somebody much better than him. Right, he wasn't headlining. And uh, <laughs> I, don't wanna, I don't want the, uh, the uh, Les Paul cranked up in my face either. That's like, he's just such a cheese ball. He's the he's the Jimmy Buffett of rock and roll. Like it's so square. I picture a lot of people in polo shirts at his concerts. Plus he's buddies with Guy Fieri. I mean, I I don't know. He's just so odd. Like he I I don't know how somebody that was involved in the first Montrose record and was that killer on those uh, well on the first two Montrose records how you could be that awesome and then just be so bad. Like, and he kept getting worse. It was like it sucked in the soul years, and then it just got worse in Van Halen. And and then after after he was out of Van Halen, then he did Moss Tequila, which is another god-awful piece of shit. You know, I cannot wait for Yachtly Crew to go, to, go play in Detroit. So you and Yachtly Sailor, Yachtly uh, Sailor, Sailor Hawkins can fist fight over dreams. I can't wait. That song is so fucking bad. But it's, I, I don't know if it's worse than, than One Way to Rock. Lyrically it isn't, but song-wise it is. Well, I went with a similar theme this week. You also pissed? Oh, okay. I went with Van Halen, but I did go with David Lee Roth era Van Halen. Okay. But we also have to remember there were two bookends of the David Lee Roth era. There was albums one through six. And then there was Different Kind of Truth. Now, if you boil it down, everything that's on Different Kind of Truth is basically just rehashed old Van Halen stuff that was written from way back that they never used. Mm-hmm. One of those songs was called Tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> that song is terrible. And that was the first single off the album. And, like, it's basically, uh, what is it? Uh, 
Cradle Will Rock Part Two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in a bad way. Yeah, the <laughs> lyrics are really bad. They're terrible. They are god awful. You know, now we have to talk about the lyrics. So, tattoo lyrics. Van Halen. There we go. Let's. I got Elvis on my elbow. When I flex, Elvis talks. I got hula girls on the back of my leg, and she hulas when I walk. Screeching cherry red, screaming electric green, purple mountains majesty. Really, talk to me. Talk to me, babe. Swap meet Sally, tramp stamp cat, mouse wife to momshell in the time it took to get that new tattoo. Tattoo, tattoo. Tattoo, tattoo. And I remember that he says so very autobiographic. Yeah, uh, which I don't think that's a word. I like I like Mousewife to Momshell. <laughs> I do like that line. That's actually pretty good. But at the same time, and look, David Lee Roth had a way with words. He also had this way with words. Yeah, right. So that's going on the list as this song sucks. I mean, most everything else on that album I actually like a lot. Um, but Tattoo needs to be buried in a time capsule and never found again, and that would be too soon. The um, the song Chinatown on that record is is a is a good one. That's a good one, but the thing is, every time I saw Van Halen twice on that tour, and he forgot the fucking words each time during that song, <laughs> and it, it happened many times over the tour because there's like this rapid gunfire, and, and he never remembered the words, and he either go. Ah, fuck, I forgot the words again. Like, in the middle of the song. Like, all right, great. That's David Lee Roth for you. Yeah, exactly. You're getting exactly what you wanted. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, that is our show for tonight. I'm tired. uh, And Nick is tired, I'm sure. Mike's tired. It's 11 here. It's 8 there. But but he's more tired than me. Yeah, I I was in Vegas this week, and I'm still recovering. How come anytime somebody goes to Vegas or lives in Vegas, they have to constantly remind you that they were in Vegas? Because that we have to. That makes me want to not go there because everything is, I was in Vegas. I'm in Vegas. I live in Vegas. Yeah, but, uh, well, first of all, you don't want to live in Vegas. I, yeah, I don't I think so. You don't want to live in Vegas. Anyway, this was Cover to Covered. My name is Mike Venezia. That is Nick Morocco. Nick, what store do you own? Rock City Music Company. And where are you located? Five Mile in Farmington in Livonia, Michigan. And where can we find you? RockCityMusicCo.com and on all social media platforms. And what's your favorite beer? Mick Ultra. I said beer. <laughs> That's like yellow water with fizzy. Nope. It's not. Uh, nope. It's not. No, it's terrible. Nope. I don't want to hear it. What's your favorite beer? Some craft bullshit that you can yes. only drink one of? Currently, I've been drinking a lot of Elysian Space Dust, which is a wonderful IPA. I thought you were done drinking. If this weekend, I think so. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a good one. All right, we're out of here, kids. See you later, and uh, we'll be back next week, and uh, and then we won't.